I was going to immediately try to roast you for your NPR uh, or like uh, maybe a PBS uh, uh, background there. For you like that? You like that? I'm, uh... The bookshelves and soft focus, delicate lighting behind the books. That's it. That's it. Corey, I got many, I got many different kinds of flavors and modes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I must say the whole, like, you know, there, there is a little bit to be lost in the idea of, uh, being in an office with your collaborators mm. and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do love the work from home sort of situation. And I do particularly like talking to everyone through the medium of a camera because I can do all sorts of things like, you know, like move my hands around the corners or the areas of the screen, like stuff over here. And I can like, you know, because also I'm like staring at myself doing this, which is also a whole other weird, creepy thing. I spend like almost my entire day looking <laughs> at my at my self age rapidly in real time. It's like watching the end of... Uh, of uh, uh 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 what was it the 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 indiana talking, jones the indiana jones the the yeah, raiders what, of the lost uh no no, no, no not no, the raiders no, no, no. Uh, the last, last crusade. crusade last crusade i just did a sketch about this this is yeah chose I, chose poorly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i feel I like there's uh i feel like there's a a, a charles leclerc ism in there somewhere uh oh, god I mean, um, my, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, this is, my, uh, this my God, I'm, I, I got so angry today. Um, sorry, I cut you I'm off. Not, what I'm, were you saying? No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not even, I, I mean, I'm, I'm upset. I'm frustrated for him, but, uh, to me, this is all just part of the, it's all just part of the story. It's all just part of the entertainment. It's, it uh, is. I do feel like we are we are at an opera that we truly are at an opera and we mm-hmm. are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just the absolute rubes who have never been to a show before and we're like I can't I can't believe did you see the man with with that mask stalk across the stage and and slowly slit that person's throat but it wasn't blood it was ribbons like ribbons came out but it looked like blood have you ha, could you imagine and everybody else is like yeah this is wait have you never seen you know have you thought that people were slitting each other's throats the whole Wait, this is your first opera, right? And it's like, no, no, I've I've been to a lot of operas before, and it's like, yeah, but which which direction were you facing? And it's like, oh, I was always facing the back wall. I was always facing like the exact opposite direction. It's like, oh yeah, okay, okay. So you 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 don't know how you don't know what's been unfolding this whole time, the glorious tragedy, and then it, uh, yeah, uh, incredible. So uh, yeah, shall we shall we just jump jump right in? Yeah, we got to get into it. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our podcast about the most tragic story that has ever been told across international media. It is a dance of cars. You know how there's... Carriages without horses. Carriages yeah, without yeah, yeah. horses. Yeah, there's dressage. Um, dressage <laughs> is like horse dancing. Well, this is like kind of like horse dancing, but with cars. 
and mm-hmm. it's very fancy in a lot of cars. It's Formula One. This is a podcast about Formula One. We're two uh, two goofs, two friends from childhood, and we're just talking about Formula One here in the U.S. My name is Corey Willis. I am an improviser, comedian, and uh, general goof about. Uh, and <laughs> what's what's up? This is uh, this is John Lapore. I'm a creative leader messing around in uh, automotive technology and and film in all sorts of silly ways. Uh, all right, so we have ourselves the 2022 Hungarian uh, we, Grand Prix. Can yes, we just yeah. toast real quick? I saw you taking a sip yeah. of something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got some yeah. rosé here. Cheers. Ooh, oh, I've got some uh I've got some cheap red and uh yeah, this is this is a uh, perfect for a a drink after a, a day spent at the opera uh yeah. watching watching the latest tragedy mm. unfold. Um all right, dear god. Uh <laughs> let's so let's let's switch up. Let's let's switch let's let's switch up the format a little bit and rather than kind of going chronologically beat by beat through the weekend and the race itself uh why don't we just start with the the headline which i think has to be our our favorite topic of late i mean it is something that when this unfolds I could get frustrated about it, but I just sort of enjoy it because to me it's like, oh, great. The, you know, the part where Corey and I drink rosé and talk smack (laughs) about what unfolded (laughs) earlier in the day. Uh, You know, it's it's great fodder for that. And this is the latest chapter of the most publicly humiliating season that Scuderia Ferrari, a.k.a. Scuderia Pagliacci, aka just a, a Fiat stuffed with clowns, just Stop. filled yeah. to the brim yeah. with clowns. Stop There's no clowns. room for oxygen. That, they they it's like, badly it's like needed, matri- it, but it's like it's like the Matrix pod of clown of clown cars. So it's like yeah. clown like clown cars in like a substrate that is just. Uh, all like minced up and ground up and refed clowns back into the clown car itself. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's like it's, it's clown paste. It's There's clown a tube paste. that is yeah. packed this thing with clown paste. Yeah. Yeah. They they went so far as to like remove critical important items like you know yeah. the the not just like the spare tire kit, but like mm-hmm. they replaced even the steering wheel. Uh, just to make room for more uh, clown slurry, yeah. and yeah. and the vehicle yeah. is is as a result completely inoperable and and serves no purpose. But still uh, so packed our, with clowns, but still somehow uh, packed to the brim with actual clowns uh, honking okay, their noses so, furiously. So, <sighs> in case you're not familiar, let's just like uh, I I can't even take a walk down memory lane, but let's just say that mm. all season long. Ferrari has been stepping on their own dicks, shooting themselves in their foot in their clown shoe, uh, and have been uh, perfectly poised to have their first championship season in a decade and a half. And first, like dominant championship season, not even like, not even a gentle, they have two phenomenal drivers. Two yep. absolute studs, uh, and yeah, sorry, go go on. 
Uh, yeah, and we're and we're just yeah, it's 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 pure misery. We're watching them make mistakes that we don't see the most junior teams on the grid make and and whatnot. And so uh, here we are again at the Hungaro Ring after a catastrophic uh, previous race in in France where Ferrari clowned themselves super hard once mm-hmm. again, and uh, they came out. And it wasn't, it wasn't the most, it wasn't, I guess, as catastrophic as that one, but it's still just like the fact that we can't like get that days without a ridiculous malfunction sign to read anything other than zero yeah. is, is deeply, deeply concerning. Like, so like, like the, it's like, it's like the act yeah, to, to further this analogy. It is the, there's a sign with like a zero days since our last tragedy. And, uh, yeah. it is, it, you just, you see that sign and you pan down and there is a clown that is absolutely entangled in a collapsed stepladder with another zero who is like clearly just trying to put another zero up. Uh, like not even like being like, we got one day, like just the clown being like, you know what? We, the zeros are getting dusty. So I got to change this zero over. And the clown has collapsed the ladder on itself. Uh, Mm -hmm. even putting that next zero up. It's, there was another clown elsewhere in that organization who was confident enough that there was going to be forward progress mm-hmm. that they were preparing to print a, a, a number one to put yeah. on that sign so that it would be one day since tragedy. Yeah. And in trying to refill the printer with, with uh, inkjet cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up drinking the inkjet cartridge and died. <laughs> and died right there. Like died right there. Yeah. Everyone had they had to close the whole facility for 48 hours. <laughs> Huge check, hit to morale. See if it, it was like, wait, is this like a suspicious was there foul play? Uh and, and, and the, the whispers and they they say the whispers around the organization were don't even don't even think about putting a number one on that sign because <laughs> horrible things will happen to you. All right, yeah. all right. sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, so so uh, the 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 peak <sighs> clown the peak clownage that we witnessed here was uh, Charles Leclerc dominating in the race, and I do want to come back to he had some really great moments in yeah. this race. Yeah. Um, uh, doing beautifully, and basically, as the second round of pit stops was unfolding, he was pitted very prematurely, yeah, and put directly onto the worst possible of the two available tire choices that they had, like which sent him descending down the the order. You say early. Yes, it was early for him to pit. What wasn't early was they weren't Ferrari weren't the first people to put those yeah. hard tires on their car. So yep. teams have data. Teams know what other teams are doing. Especially oh, this when is a this is a huge like, thing. When the when when tire strategy is up in the air, it's the first uh, person to make a move of any kind is thoroughly examined by yeah. everyone on the entire pit lane watching to see, okay, how did their tires perform? How are they doing with this set that we haven't seen brought out? 
at this, even, even like we saw it brought out earlier in the race, but we haven't seen it brought out at this point in the race when the cars are a little lighter on fuel and, you know, so on and so forth. And so, so, and and so we, and this uh, is, who, who, who was it that went out and tested those hards first? Alonzo and, uh, and Ocon hopped onto hard tires, uh, on lap 22 and 24. So Alonzo went on 22, uh, Ocon went on 24. There's like a whole other thing between those two. Um, that happened, but that happens lap 22. Leclerc doesn't pit for hard tires until lap 40. So there's almost 20 laps of data on these hard tires that Ferrari has been, has, has access to and probably has been looking at. And they still, they still were like, nope, no one else has figured it out. A, a world champion, one of the best drivers on the grid, hasn't figured it out. You know who can figure it out? Charles Leclerc, our mm-hmm. man, who is the only contender, with all due respect to Carlos Sainz, <laughs> the only man with any sort of chance at beating Max Verstappen is Charles Leclerc. And they put him on the slipperiest, most s- s- sloppy pair of shoes Mm-hmm. Oh God! It, I I can't. I I lost my shit. I lost my shit at that point in the race. It it made me. Were you were you getting like angry while watching this race? Was it like upsetting for you? Yes, I I screamed several times. Uh, and I think it's thank you, Charles Leclerc, for giving me license uh, to scream at Ferrari <laughs> because I am now <laughs> screaming at Ferrari. Uh, I will probably. I thought, get I thought you were just going to say like, "Thank you for giving me license to like have emotions." No, like, just no. like I needed, I needed that. I needed this cry. Uh, you know? That that primal that primal scream, oh, man. That was. I can't believe Ferrari did that to him. And that's not even. That's like just that's the end of the race. That was that was that was like a curtain coming down on Ferrari. Was was that uh at that point i i i wrote my notes i was like uh matea like dipped out to go to the bathroom and i was like yeah did matea just go on like did you just go to throw up did you just go and throw up in the toilet to, and then come back because that's what i would have done if i was him yeah, I is, he, just gone. is he having a panic attack at yeah. the hungaro ring uh or is he like got some people that he's been consulting with that are going to help him escape through the sewer systems so that yeah. uh the the Tafosi don't literally kill him in the street. This is uh, uh, is he is he like ooh actually hmm, this would go perfectly on my letter of resignation. This is the thing I have to make yeah. sure I get into that draft. Uh it, it's it's so tragic. It's so tragic. They have so much potential and they keep squandering it. I mean, you know, it's uh, I don't think it's ever been easy for anyone to be a team principal at Ferrari. But this is I think we're we're seeing something that feels, um, you know, I'm I'm almost certain that he's going to end up with with his head on a stick. uh, Yeah. Out of out of everyone within the organization. There's a lot. I mean, there's just so much concern about the problems and the issues that they're having, the challenges that they're running into. Um, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. So, uh, I will say Wild. at least, at least Charles got some good 
pit stops from the team and they supported no, him John, that way. No, he got one good pit stop and he got I, one good pit stop. And the pit stop that he got was a pit stop that never should have happened. It was 2.6 seconds. So yeah, not like not even the best pit stop of the race, but like a good. No, pit no, stop. that's 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 solid though. That's very, very respectable. It, took, it takes me about forty-five minutes to you know change one tire. Yeah, yeah, know, two, which is two two yeah. and a half seconds. I'll I'll accept. I'll accept on for for a Formula One team for sure. Uh, but it was a pit stop that he never should have had to take because it was the pit stop that took him off of his hard tires and put him on soft, which. Mm-hmm. I don't, here's the problem, is if you work back this strategy, it's like, well, why didn't they put him on medium? Because they had to put him on soft at a certain point in the race. They just, for whatever reason, ran their medium tires into the netherworld. They had nowhere to pit him if they had pitted a reasonable, uh, at a reasonable time on those medium tires. They just, they fucked themselves from maybe like 20, 25 laps into the race. Mm Mm-hmm. And I could I could smell it. You can like smell this when it's coming. When Ferrari is about to make a horrible mistake because they make like one or two amazing moves on track, and then you're like, mm, it's just that someone's someone from the pit wall is going to make a call. It's going to yeah. happen. It's coming any <laughs> any moment now. Yeah. Um. So speaking of amazing moves on track. Mm-hmm. Um. I was I was blown away by Leclerc's move on was it uh was it Russell that he was yeah. getting around? Yeah, I think that was he went around uh on the on the on outside lap, lap 53 when he finally had uh um like right before he <laughs> this is the funny thing is that move he executed right before he pitted off of those hard tires. So those hard yeah. tires had literally just become effective. And then Ferrari was like, oh, we got to pit him for soft tires to get him through the rest of the race. It's like, hey, he just he just went around Leclerc uh, on the outside. Like he it wasn't even like a fake, like uh, like a like an uh, like an up and under. He just went around him on the outside of turn one. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful driving by Charles Leclerc, despite the clown car that he's being forced to pilot. Uh, poor guy. Yeah. I, uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, car- this was a great race, by the way. Like, yeah, I, this was a great race. There was some great action. Race. There was, yes. there was some, some great things that we saw unfold. Uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, while on the subject of Ferrari, I thought, uh, Carlos Sainz was doing beautifully as well. Mm-hmm. I think he got kneecapped by a miserable pit stop. That was what? It was like four or five seconds? Almost five seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. Almost five seconds long. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. rough. On the topic of pit stops, uh, I haven't seen it noted anywhere, but during the race, if their timing that comes up like live during the race was accurate, mm-hmm. uh, Sergio Perez had what I believe would be the fastest pit stop of the season thus far. Oh, what was uh, it? And I... he had a, he had a 2.1. Oh, uh, wow. That, that flashed on the screen. Um, and I haven't seen that noted anywhere. And I know they do like normally do a like fastest pit of the like race, the but it hasn't been announced. And maybe, stop. yeah. 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 Fastest yeah. Pit stop or whatever. Um, We're not sponsored so, by UPS. Although we'll 
take sponsors. DHL, DHL, baby. DHL, that's DHL. what it is. DHL. Actually, um, that, no, I, I don't want to be sponsored by DHL. I, I, I'll walk that back. I'll walk that back. You got uh, some DHL beef? You don't no, like uh, no, European John, no. shipping? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm trying to fear of lost them. I'm trying to like uh, make them think that we don't we don't need them, but then nice, like, yeah, yeah, nice. So nice. I, I'll I'll, re- I'll remember to cut this part out. I'll remember to cut this part out. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that uh, that was brilliant. Uh, Red Bull is so consistent with their pit stops. Every once in a while, there will be something that comes up. I think there was one today. Maybe it was maybe it was this one. But I was so dazzled because one of the the mechanics clearly had to like muscle one of the uh, wheel nuts off. Like mm-hmm. you could see it like through sparks when he uh, took was taking off like the rear right tire. I think it was Sergio who was in the pits when that happened. But it, I I was just dazzled by that. Um. So um. These dudes uh crush it in the pit stops. They absolutely yeah. crush it. It's, it's so something to so while while doling out uh compliments to red bull which is not something you hear a lot of mm-hmm. on this podcast mm-hmm. i will i will absolutely doffed my cap to max verstappen for uh <sighs> i i think a really brilliant race uh started 10th mm-hmm. um after a bizarre you know qualifying anomaly yeah yeah and effectively uh worked his way up through the field i mean i think you knew it was on when he started getting into the tangle with alonzo who has been the you know the guy that knows how to clog the pipes better than anybody else in in the sport these days and just was able to uh you know just uh, uh burn his way right through uh, like a just classic Drano. yeah like not like <laughs> Like a like a pass that you see Alonzo do on people on la- on lap one, like yep. that that level of efficiency where the person doesn't even realize they're getting passed, but that mm-hmm. was Fernando Alonso didn't realize that Verstappen was like already sticking a wheel up like the inside of his car while they were still on the straight. It was it was he was devastatingly fast. And they kind of like did this cute, like cute little dance, uh, him and Perez, yeah. when they both passed uh, uh, Alonso and Ocon, basically at like the same time through. I think maybe right before and then after that chicane. I can't remember uh, where on the track, but it was it was cute. Shout out! Shout out to Red Bull, scissoring their way through. Uh, the yeah, crowd. I mean. You know, and and from there, I mean, we saw uh, Max do my my favorite trick of the 2022 season that we've seen a few times. And we even saw uh, Charles Leclerc do it on Mm -hmm. Saturday during qualifying, but saw him do a full 360 and like basically go into a spin that would be the type of spin that would send you into a barrier or off into the gravel or, you know, flying way off the track and getting yourself stranded and instead turns it into just this like almost no loss of momentum pirouette. And he, he dropped back a, a couple spots, but seemed almost unfazed by, by this spin. Um, and, Absolutely, you know. partially aided by none other than Scuderia Pagliacci, who had fixed Charlie Leclerc with 
the slipperiest boots he could have possibly had on. Yeah. So even after, yeah. So even seeing, by, yeah, seeing Verstappen do a 360 <laughs> in front of him, you actually can see in the corner of the frame uh, Chuck Leclerc do the most, uh, you know, panicked uh, little, <sighs> little bit of like almost getting into a tank slapper, watching yep. that unfold in front of him. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like these guys have like figured out, like, hey, this is the new like Tony Hawk pro skater move to do on yeah, the track. Well, Martin, uh, Martin Brundle brought this point up on the uh, on that feed on the international feed where he was like, and this is this is kind of something that I forget because uh, there's the idea of like flat spotting their tires. Mm-hmm. There's this concept of yep. like when you go into a spin. You can flat spot a certain part of your tire, which creates like an imbalance in the tire, creates uh, an imbalanced uh, bit of like wear because that's constantly where the tire ends up biting and breaking and it's just this knock-on effect. But there's this other thing that happens where if you light the tires up, so like when you do burnouts, you can cook, you can like flash fry the surface of the tire and... These tires are built in such a way that the different levels of compounds like burn off in a very specific way. And the way that they mm-hmm. burn off is by being activated by the heat at the level two or three levels above it. So if one level gets flash fried, then it impacts not just the composition of the net of like that surface of the tire, but like three or four levels down within the tire, it cooks what they call the carcass of the tire. And then that creates this horrible effect of the tire starts to wear from the inside and to the out. And that's when you see those delaminations. That's when you see the tires break away from the walls. So there's this like terrifying thing that happens. And as Martin Brundle's explaining this, we see Max put in the fastest lap and he's like, Oh, well I get, uh, so I guess he didn't do that. Uh, I guess his tires are okay. That's Um, great. Yeah. Max, Max should drive for, uh, Ken Block's team. He should be driving. He should be hooning it up when he retires, yep. uh, or just like buy uh, a competitive team with, uh, <laughs> like, to just get into like Formula D and just d- destroy everybody. He's so good at car control; it's disgusting. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I think super impressive, super dominant run from him, and that even still with this starting in tenth. Mm-hmm. Having a 360 pin uh, spin, cu- carving his way through the field, getting into battles, passing drivers, and falling back and having to repass them again. He still, by the end of the race, had like a very comfortable, like a ten, dominant position, 10, second lead. But there was also a moment where he he like complained that there was something wrong with his car. It was on like lap 13 or 14 where he's like, ah, something's wrong with the, with the clutch. Uh, like he's like, I keep like slipping at high revs and he gets the, the, the response from JB, his, his engineer. He's like, uh, fail 20 hit fail 20, which is when they say Mm. fail 20, they're saying there is a sensor fail. Uh, you need to, uh, like hit 20, like you have to go deep system. into the settings the menu yeah. of <laughs> yeah. so, of yeah. your your Android device and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know it's, navigate to this sub sub subsection. It's so crazy. They're like they're like uh, fail twenty, and all of us, uh, including myself, who knows what they have to do. I'm like, 
oh, that sucks. Their sensor failed. And they're like, no, no, no. We need you to dial down into this like sub, sub, sub menu on the specific sensor area that failed. Make sure that you're, because they have sensors in redundancy. So they're saying like, go in and then you need to like mark off this redundant sensor that has failed because it's showing that something's wrong and all the other sensors are saying everything's fine. So you need to go and X that one out so that mm-hmm. we can like have a consistent bit of feedback. So it's not even so like when something like that happens, sometimes it will throw something mechanical off. And this clearly threw off his ability to shift at high revs. And Sergio was also saying that he was having a similar problem uh, where he was like, oh, I can't shift at high uh, in the high gears. Uh, so that came over the radio. So I think that both of the Red Bulls were experiencing something in that area with their gearbox. Uh, I, 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 that's pure speculation, but that's what it sounded like. But yeah, <sighs> Max still destroyed the field. He's so good. Mm-hmm. He's such yep. a great driver. Um, who? What was the tangle that was going on? Was it the two? Alpines duking it out with each other and Danny Rick came up behind them and just dispatched them both beautifully. Yeah. That was, that was nice. I I like seeing uh, Danny Rick kind of get a little, get a little taste of something good. It felt like classic Danny Ricardo coming in and capitalizing on, uh, on a battle that's happening in front of him. He's, uh, he's great. He's, he was saying after the race, he's like, I can't wait for the summer break. And yeah, he's going to come back and be nasty because uh, that's what he does. He will go throw dirt bikes around in the air uh, on like 40 foot jumps and drive his McLaren aggressively uh, around Los Angeles <laughs> and like the hills. And yeah, that's what will calm him and relax him. Uh, maybe he'll go to the Southern hemisphere and ride snowmobiles around or something. The dude is, yeah. he, that's the way he unwinds. It's, it's, that is like Schumacher esque. The way that he behaves yep. uh, is when he goes on break, he's like, I am going to enjoy myself. Yeah. Which also Schumacher was carving it up. He was keeping pace with uh, the, the Red Bull uh, who with it. Yeah. Uh, it was uh Red Bull and, um, Oh, it was both Red Bulls. Uh, he made up four spots uh, on like by like lap eight. He was crushing it uh, on the medium tires, no less. So mm-hmm. I, I he I didn't really see much of anything else from him for the rest of the race, though. Unfortunately, uh, he he hung in there. He was in the points for a little while. Did he finish in the points? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he finished like twelfth or thirteenth. But he started 15th and was up to 11th by lap eight. Not, I thought he was on a charge. Yep. Here's the thing. Yeah, that- I, uh, uh, you know, another another driver on a charge, mm-hmm. Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. His, yeah. Uh, his his senpai. Um, yeah. You know. And he finished in the points. He finished uh, in 10th, I think. I believe. Yeah, that was. And but here's the thing about Schumacher is he does not have the upgrades. Kevin Magnuson has the upgrades. So the fact that he is Oh like, really? Yeah, so he's only like 8 tenths behind K-Mag and that 
like people were like, oh, that's that doesn't look good for Ferrari or Kevin Magnuson. Uh, that it reflects poorly on them. But I think it's just because Schumacher is getting dialed in as a driver. He's gaining confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think that he once he has those upgrades after the summer break, he's going to probably go somewhere with Seb and have like a great time with him uh, as peers for the last time, which is I mean. That's the that's the elephant in the room. We're not we're not talking about here. Seb is done after this year. He announced it this week. Yeah, uh, so, uh, you know, surprisingly poignant. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I thought it was really really interesting the way that this news was delivered. Uh, Sebastian Vettel started for the first time ever an Instagram account, first social media account at all. He first he social media do, account. And he's, he's adamantly against social media. So, yeah. And it's a it's a black and white video that is so German. Caref- carefully so. produced yet and like, there's a yet German intentionally version ragged. Did you see, did you see the oh, German? Oh no, version? I didn't yeah, realize there was a specific re- German version. He released one to, that uh, is in German. Oh that is, nice. You're like, oh yeah, this is the one that he released. I think it is it oh. might be the first one that he released too. Because I was like, why the hell does he have two videos that he released? I'll heat up some schnitzel and uh get mm-hmm. into uh get into that. So so the yeah, so he sits down in That's front cool. of this camera, stares into the camera and gives this deep um very restrained but you can tell it's a very like controlled amount of emotion for him yeah talking about um and and you know the the bittersweet aspect of uh this being he is deciding that this will be his last season in formula one which is weird because he was Everybody at Aston Martin was like, we want Seb to stick around. We want him to be here next year. We're we're not looking for a new driver uh, or to slot anybody in here. We want to keep him as like the as the senpai uh, to Lance Stroll as well. I mean, even though they they're not necessarily best buds, uh, they definitely Stroll benefits from having Seb on his team. A whole lot. I mean, Aston Martin benefits by having him on their team, and Formula One really benefits. I mean, I I, I really do believe that. So, what do you first off before we get into the chess game of like who gets the the open Aston no. Martin seat? What do you think is next for Sepp? What do you think he's doing? I mean, he he stated very clearly he is leaving the sport to um, dedicate more of his time to his family. Um, but what do you, what do you think else is next for him? Because I, I can't help but think that he still has uh, a whole other layer to a, a career or his, you know, his life as a personality, both, you know, within and, and outside of motorsports. Uh, I can see him getting into extreme E for sure. I can see mm-hmm. him getting into the, the 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 zero carbon um the the net zero car i think it's i think that's their that is like one of their claim to fames but yeah um and i'm not i'm not dismissing it at all it's actually pretty dope uh and the racing that they do is like really really intense uh i could see him getting involved with that that's a thing that nico rosberg has gotten involved with and jensen button uh 
both doesn't have doesn't Lewis own a team Lewis as well? owns uh one of the team he was one of the people who got that league off of the ground initially like they co-launched uh the extreme e and uh team 44 I believe is uh is is Lewis's team yep. uh and then that's when like Nico and Jensen uh I believe I don't know if he owns the team but Carlos signs senior uh is one of the drivers on extreme e he like uh. he, he he's a one of the one of the guys um it's like a it's it's a it's a it's a sport that a lot of old racers get into because mm-hmm. it kind of has that same it's first of all it's a it's more or less a homologated everything is like locked in so you have to get the best out of your car through your driver and through your strategy uh so it's like um a pretty it's a pretty locked in formula that they have to follow um so i could see him doing that i can see him getting involved with politics eventually not right away but i could definitely see him getting involved with politics uh, yeah he he doesn't want to. That, that i think that's what i sense more than anything is uh if not politics you know some serious levels of activism yeah um he's very very passionate about climate change yeah and i think you know there's there's potentially a degree to which you know maybe he feels even that you know his livelihood within formula one is like almost at odds with oh with that i mean not even to a degree it's that's like an open that's a thing that he talks about in in response to not just the video that he put out but there's like there's a part where he straight up is like it doesn't align with my values anymore uh, so, mm-hmm. and people were like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, it means this, uh, we fly around the world, we burn fuel constantly. And the thing that matters to me the most is preserving the planet for not just my children, but for future generations and not leaving them with the burden to have to deal with it. And he's like, we do it for fun. That's doesn't work for me anymore. Uh, I can't. Mm-hmm. And I think that that if you look back, he also said this, he's like, it's not something that happened this past week or this past month or even this past season. It's or even the season before that it's been accumulating steadily. This feeling has been at odds with who I am. And I think you can probably trace it back to his time at Ferrari, where he was like felt disillusioned with the sport. And I think justifiably so they they axed him mid-season like very publicly um they were like oh yeah seb's not coming back and he was like what i'm not oh i but i you still want me now and they were like yeah yeah, yeah, finish the season but you're not coming back just so you know you're not coming back um and that that i think burned him out and he started looking at like well what am i doing this for if i'm not gonna if i'm not gonna complete the cycle which is also happening at the very end of the at the very end of this season he's going to be at 299 races uh he won't be at 300 i think like he's like missing out on just one last race with the race start in abu dhabi Mm. um so he's not going to be able to complete that cycle he's not going to be able to complete winning a championship for ferrari or winning another championship and he's got a family and he's like ah i want to live with them especially if not to be doom and gloom but if he's like hey if we're living in the last days and time I think I want to spend that with my family and not gallivanting around the world, making it worse, actively making it worse. Um, mm. Not saying that that's what I believe or that 
that's what's happening. I mean, can kind of look around, but uh, you know, uh, I that's yeah. that's an interesting uh, point of view that it's not just that. Like you know, he's like, well, the Earth is going to implode, so I'm gonna you know not spend those days uh, uh, chasing chasing people in a circle. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for like billionaires who are making it worse, not just like earning money from it or earning, but like doing the worst part of it, which is making it flashy and acceptable and palatable to people who it is directly impacting. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Seb. Um, kudos to you. Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I can appreciate you looking out for the little ones and then the little ones, little yeah. ones. Cause I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say that I'm, I can't say I'm a fan. Um, I've gone to places and spent money and spent petrol and spent carbon to go see these things. So, uh, I am part of that problem, but I'm not doing it 23 races a year. So, all right. So we'll see where, we'll see where Seb's life takes him. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely curious to see. I'm also curious to see what that means. Like, does he have some sort of like accelerated level of no fucks left to give for the rest of this season, which could be, could be, could be fascinating to see. And, uh, you know, and, and I will state for sure that, uh, in the earlier days of his career, particularly during his championship run, I was not a fan. He was an absolute villain to, Mm -hmm. uh, to me. Um, same here. So so much so that one of our times uh, making a pilgrimage to the Montreal Grand Prix, we used uh, blue painter's tape to write in giant letters, mm-hmm. Vettel sucks across the back of uh, my, my Evo that mm-hmm. we were driving through Montreal and getting wonderful cheers and celebrations from Not many other single person uh, had, race like, fans took issue people were asking i saw people taking pictures i people were asking to take pictures uh this was not a this isn't just like john and i being assholes about this this is most of the sport booing him I mean, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I remember being at the, mm-hmm. it may have been the, uh, it was the first year that we were at the Grand Prix and when the race started and the first time the cars come around the track, you've been sit, you've been waiting hours yeah. to see these cars tear up the track, especially on race day. And as lap one has commenced and we're watching the start of it on a tv screen but you start to hear the cars coming towards you and they come and the first car around the bend is sebastian vettel coming into the hairpin and everyone's super excited and there was a distinct sigh from everyone in the crowd that it took like on lap one that it took like five seconds for the next car yeah around the bend and like everyone was just like oh this yep it's like it's gonna be one of these yeah yeah he was he Um, was absolutely the villain i i I he, he, he was the villain for sure and i think he you know for me he pretty quickly redeemed himself um uh 
you know, partway through his his Ferrari days yeah, with where, his where when when did it when did it all change for you, John? I, I've been curious. I think it was just this. when he became the master of shit talking during any of the interview sessions and like okay. any of the like press conferences and whatnot, he would be just breaking everybody's balls. And yeah. I never uh, saw that sort of like charisma from him previously. And I just thought it was so nice how like whimsical he was comfortable being. He had, you know, and again, I think this is one of those things that we've talked about uh, similar to Alonzo where it's sort of like, all right, well, then I guess I'm not going to be fighting at the front anymore. I'm going to have to create new ways to make myself enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And some of that is just going to be, you know, uh, taking the piss out of everybody else. It's kind of great because he doesn't, he stopped feeling the need to be the media darling. And I think mm-hmm. he was maybe so I I have a very I have a specific moment that is like pretty strange considering who who I who I back where my my moment of my my moment where I was like oh, I like Vettel. Um he he started to show up big at the tail end of Bernie when like it became clear that mm-hmm. Bernie was leaving the sport and there was this beautiful kind of like you to bernie and to the governing body that was happening it wasn't aimed at the media which i think that we just mentioned him lance stroll i think aims a lot of his like aggressive ire uh or disgust at formula one and like the circus directly at the people who are interviewing him and it's just like hey buddy they're there doing a job. No one's there to yep. like, to, come on, you're here to do a job too. Uh, but I think that Vettel took on this persona of like, I don't want to deal with Bernie shit anymore. And then mm-hmm. once Bernie was like announced as like, oh, I'm leaving. Uh, I think it coincided with that incident in Montreal, I think. Yeah, it was Montreal where Vettel cut the corner and didn't yield the spot back to Hamilton. And then right, right, right. he changed the, the number oh, one yes. pylon. Yeah. When he changed those from like yep. Hamilton being number one to him being number one as a Hamilton fan. And that moment I was like, I got to respect that. I really respect that, that he was like, I won this. I won this. He really felt that way. And he it knew. He interesting. W- it was so, it was so <sighs> transparently childish. Yes. To yes. do that. And I think that was, you know, I, I loved it. I, I felt in the moment that he knew that, that he wasn't just like crazed by frustration and competition, but that he was like a little bit pissed and he wanted yeah. to be like, I want you all to know, I, I do not feel that I have any obligation to be a good sport about this right mm-hmm. now. So I'm, so I'm, I'm going to, you know, pee in the trophy, you know, yeah. that's and what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. It was that. And it was also a stark reminder of like, oh, this is all a game. This is all a mm-hmm. game. It's not, we take this so seriously and everybody takes this so seriously, but we are still just like racing for trophies and bragging rights and uh, watching him like change that over was my moment where I was like, I like this dude. I don't care what happens to him. Uh, he also, I knew that he, yeah, maybe that was me also being like, well, Hamilton dodged maybe a bullet there with that loss because that season then 
took a turn in in his favor. Uh, so that was like a big deal when when that when that win happened for him uh, at, at Montreal that day. But mm-hmm. it, I, I really appreciated Vettel as a person and as as like a troll in the sport, as a necessary as a troll, troll yep. in, yep, in the yep. sport. Uh, and I mean that in the most affectionate way. I don't mean that in like some like Reddit troll or some internet troll or Twitter troll or whatever. I mean that in someone who needs to shine, like hold the mirror up uh, while someone's shining the flashlight. Like it's not the like, I'm going to hold the mirror up to society. It's the like, don't look at me. Look at yourself. Look at this is ridiculous. Come on. Uh, and I love that. So we're going to miss Vettel. We're going to miss him for a bunch of reasons, not the least of which is that of him just taking a firm stance and also being he's been head of like the driver delegation. Uh, so he's yeah. he's represented the drivers and insisted on safety. And the reason that we have tech pro barriers at every new circuit, he's one of those reasons. He's one of the people who has insisted on the safety of the drivers taking top priority. He's championed the halo. He's done all these things that have changed the sport for the better, not just for drivers, but for fans as well. So uh, the sport is really going to miss him, not just in front of the scenes, but behind the scenes. If I'm honest, I'd love to see him in the governing body. Uh, I'd love to see him be a person who makes the rules. Um, Not unlike Alain Prost was kind of supposed to be Mm -hmm. somewhat of like an advisor when the new... FIA and the new Liberty Capital took over, uh, or Liber- Liberty Media took over. Uh, but I would like to see maybe Vettel shown a little bit more, um, a little more respect uh, as like a rule maker and not someone who yeah. just goes, "Hey, these rules are stupid." No, I don't know. I think that makes sense. I I see that it I, I, th- that resonates for me. Imagining Vettel within deep within the governing body. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He wouldn't want to be so, I can't imagine he'd be high profile. He wouldn't he's done that. He's done the high profile thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh you know, other things that caught my eye this mm-hmm. weekend, I think it's worth noting um the uh uh Nicholas Latifi, Ooh. aka Gotifi, uh uh getting the fastest time of final practice three. To the point where when the crowd were cheering, he got on the radio and was like, Oh, is that for me? Is that for me? And, <laughs> and uh and I thought that was adorable yeah. and perfectly punctuated. He knew exactly what to do with that momentum yeah. and qualified 20th out of yep. 20. Yes. So uh like yeah. like literally like two hours later, got out on the racetrack, was like, I just blew everyone's mind by setting mm-hmm. the fastest time in practice. Now I will set the worst possible time in qualifying. And to like really set us up for that trash ass qualifying, he set the fastest sector time in sector one. Uh, and then, like, oh, really? Maybe, like, oh, like, I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah, he smoked sector one uh, in in first section in the first session of qualifying. Uh, wow. Put in the purple sector wow. and by the end. Uh, someone was like, "Wait, I think Latifi has the fastest first sector still." And they're like, well, "I don't know." Well, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, he still does. Uh, but then 
he lost it in like the last corner and that set into motion him qualifying 20th because he got knocked out immediately <laughs> uh, but wow he was on he was on pace to uh, br- easily coast easily into uh q2 but he just biffed it in the last corner as that's uh very funny that's spectacular i yeah. love it um uh george russell qualifying first for the first time in his career yeah I went, that was a stunner. Went back and rewatched that whole lap on uh, on my my F1 TV app. Just went to the onboard, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I knew something was great in the first sector." And yeah, you can uh, uh, when you're in that when that camera is fixed, and that's the thing that's that you're locked into as the viewer. You're like, "Oh, oh yeah, he drove this track perfectly. He had a perfect lap." It's it's weird to see. Uh, like you can like feel the car like stretching out through the corners. Like it's so weird, uh, to, to watch that lap. So I, I encourage anybody who can go back and watch the onboard of George Russell's qualifying lap. That dude puts in some banger qualifying laps. I mean, yeah, we are uh, a, a little over a month out from, from spa and in modern formula one, I think not just modern formula one, but in like. Like I like Martin Brundle still says this and like the old timers still say this, that George Russell's spa qualifying lap in the wet from last year was the greatest thing that they've ever seen. They've never seen anybody put on a better performance in a Formula One car. And these are dudes who who raced against Senna like full mm-hmm. like the and they were like, no, 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 no. What George did on that qualifying lap in that car. Not just in that car, but just like in any car, let alone in the car with the weakest performance, is the most impressive thing anybody's done. And this qualifying lap was wow. This one from this weekend was something else. And I text, yeah, I texted you, uh, and you're like, yeah, I think Lewis had a DRS issue. And I went back, and it was like, oh, shit. Lewis would have trounced George's lap. He would have absolutely yeah. smoked George yeah. and George smoked the field. So oh, wild. All right. So where, where do you think Mercedes are at right now? In general, we, we saw them finish second and third in the race. They possibly could have been one and two in qualifying. This is back to back second and third in the race. Yep. They did this last weekend too at at a completely different circuit with completely And so different- so last week I threw out a very strong like well let's temper everything. Yeah, cuz Charlie because, went off and there were because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ferrari are, you know, uh kneecapping themselves. But Lewis I'm, I'm start I'm starting to come around. I'm starting seven. to get cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And that he got Mercedes around are coming back into the fray. On the on that like he got around Alonso and Ocon within like a couple hundred meters, like before they even got into the breaking zone of that first turn, he was already around them. Uh, so he was not just had like the pace, the race pace. He had like the start. He had everything dialed, dialed in, and especially considering where they were. <laughs> um, in free practice uh three i mean whoa um they had a wet free practice three and free practice two was stinky they did a real mm-hmm. stinky job uh, george said it and mercedes backed him up they were like 
yeah, this is the worst Mercedes that we've ever had on a Friday free practice. Like our car has never, yeah. we've never had it this. And that includes all the porpoising and all the track strikes and all the oscillation and all the weird that we were facing earlier in the season. They were like, oh no, Friday's car was the worst we've ever had to deal with. And then George put it on pole. Just pretty, pretty spectacular. Yeah. I, um, I, I was... Yeah. I was a little concerned because I heard some interview with Toto Wolf much earlier in the week where they were talking to him and he was saying something to the effect of like, well, you know, we're we're progressing, but like, you know, you got to understand we're not like short sighted about this. Like this isn't all about just like this season. Like yeah. this is about like, you know, we're thinking more about it in terms of like uh, the decade. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I was like, oh, shit, that yeah. sounds awful. Yeah, I don't like the sound <laughs> sounds, of that at all. That sounds, you, that sounds like really bad news with a with a bow on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, well, we're, we're considering, you know, like we are confident we will uh, get a championship somewhere in the next hundred years. You it's know, like, wait, somewhere no. before before an asteroid destroys the Earth. Yeah, we will uh, have another championship. We're, we're confident. Yeah, which is uh, also. I mean, this is something that we'll we'll talk about over because we do have the the month long break, so we'll we'll have mm-hmm. some time here. But there has been a formal paperwork signed by uh, by Porsche, I believe, uh, stating yes. their intent in Monaco. F- it's like that's like the first place. That's where the that is. I believe where the the like the clerk of the FIA that's their address is in Monaco. So like paperwork went out saying like, we intend on being part, uh, being like partial stake owners in Red Bull racing. So, uh, well, it's not even partial, right? It's like 50%. Yeah. They're, they're saying they're going to start out at, at, at like a smaller amount. And then eventually by the time 2026 rolls out, they want they intend on having at least a 50% stake in Red Bull Racing. So Porsche and Red Bull will be a partnership. Uh, it also looks like Audi and uh Alfa Romeo are set to strike a very similar deal mm-hmm. where uh Sauber uh is going to be basically like partnering up with Audi and Alfa Romeo will be phased out as a stakeholder. Uh, yep. So that is that is on the horizon for for both mm. Audi and Porsche by 2026 when the new engines uh, come into effect. So that was, I guess, those that paperwork at least for Porsche has been signed as of last week. But I don't think the Audi paperwork is signed yet. I think they're just saying, oh well, it's it's the same company. They're going to do the same deal just with different uh, d- different F1 teams because they have. Different I mean, ideas. very. So very practical result of a favorite topic of ours here on the F1 files, which is just the growth mm-hmm. of Formula One. And the the chairman of Porsche specifically stated that their expectation is that when they are showing up big in the sport, circa 2026 mm-hmm. or so, that the sport's growth will have continued to the point at which Formula One will be the biggest marketing platform for vehicles, yeah, 
in the world. I can see which that. is a pretty pretty bold statement, or or for premium vehicles, I should I should state, which um, are the yeah. ones that they're concerned <laughs> with. Yeah, which are which are the ones that Porsche makes. Um, yeah. So I think that's really exciting. I think that's really cool uh, and and nice to see um, uh, something that's counteracting what felt kind of depressing for the last. 20 years of formula one which was all these automotive manufacturers withdrawing from the yeah. sport and the sport all of a sudden having these bizarre brand names attached to vehicles um including red bull powertrains which yeah red bull power yeah red, Honda, red bull yeah the the it literally get the the advertising component got so big for the energy drink maker that they now make engines. Yeah. Um, that's, Which is that's kind of wild. Bananas. That's bananas that, but it also kind of speaks to that specific growth that you're talking about, where mm -hmm. this is becoming the biggest marketing platform and will continue to grow. And yeah, an energy, an energy drinks company can absolutely partner with the most sonat when you think of racing, you think of like two brands, uh, like even if you don't, and, and someone was saying, I can't remember who was saying this, but people are saying that like, even if you don't know cars, even if you don't know anything about any car whatsoever, if someone says the word Ferrari to you, you're like, oh yeah, I know what a Ferrari is. Like you just mm -hmm. know what, you know what that car is. And I think Porsche carries that almost that same name. Where it's like, oh, if you say Porsche, someone's like, what, the car? Like, they're going to know that it is probably in reference to the car uh, or something that is vaguely uh, around that world. Uh, but I think that that is massive to have uh, a company like Porsche show up and a brand like Audi that is just so – it's a racing brand that, hey, if you want to talk about uh, – some real competition between manufacturers you want to see audi mercedes and porsche up against each other those three brands compete so fiercely in every other part of motorsport with four wheels it's so is wild the, yeah so is there a world where Formula One increases in popularity, particularly in the United States, to the point where we see Cadillac or a Corvette or or something to that effect. Like it seems so foreign to the idea of Formula One, but I mean, if if it got big enough, right? Like, isn't that the only company that I could see that's an American company that could potentially manufacture and participate in this world which they don't i don't know if they have like proper production which i think is part of formula one that's if to be a ma uh, an engine manufacturer you also have like you need to have production cars <laughs> that's like well even even um, right now i mean in theory porsche isn't going to be they haven't stated yet that they're going to be supplying engines and and whatnot I think they're I think they're still coming in as a as a label as, as a sticker Porsche, yeah. on the car and and not much else you know and I, I'm sure there's all sorts of insight that they can provide around chassis engineering and yeah, and yeah. whatnot but at the moment they're not saying like and we'll build the 
car in you know Stuttgart and whatnot. Like it's, I it mean, is. I the, the, I would hope. I mean, I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I want to see it on that trajectory. Like I want to see yeah. these unique manufacturers basically flexing and saying, like, "Hey, we can we do." This. Sorry, you were you were going down the road. What's the American? Oh, uh, Hennessy. Um, uh, Hennessy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, they they are still producing cars that that dude is yep. still making cars he made like a bunch of like fords he partnered with ford he partnered i think with corvette yeah. he's partnered with several maybe even dodge as well he's partnered with yeah they did hennessy vipers and all yeah. sorts of crazy stuff but they were making their own super exotic like you know 250 mile per hour yeah. sports car at some point so that i think that that thing is still going on so as far as like I I just always assume Hennessy, whoever <laughs> Hennessy is, he's like uh, John McAfee, you know, he's like that level <laughs> yeah. of like full on madness where he's just like, I make these cool cars, but in my day life, I have to hide from the FBI in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, I and have. you know, I've purchased an island that is uh, somehow uh, not has a built in non extradition clause. Um, yeah, there's there's something weird about that there, but I think that if someone like a premium, ba- uh, I-, I would hope that it was someone better than Cadillac, but uh, I guess beggars can be choosers. No, I don't want Cadillac. I mean, you know, I and, I, want, and I yeah, say that knowing I that like Ca- Ca- Cadillac does have, they, they set up, I mean, it's not really Cadillac. It's technically all just mm. GM, but they have a really sick, uh, you know, Lama program yeah, that they're running. That's true. Ford did beautifully with the Ford GT for, you know, the, the past many years i would rather um, see ford like come back online with like a cosworth like cosworth and mm-hmm. ford pairing up or something like that um back that was like the v10 days i think um i yeah i mean i i at, at, I wouldn't at this that. point it's it's beyond even a pipe dream but i think it's it's just worth considering that we are in a world where f- the growth of formula one's popularity could lead to something as absurd yeah as a you know kind of like detroit team which would be be fascinating that would be cool um all right so uh the exact opposite of detroit uh (laughs) Corey, this this week following the formula one media watching the race uh and and being that we are american fans yeah what was the most fascinating uh britishism that you heard i didn't really hear too many there's one that i've become like uh very accustomed to and it is often a fernando it's in reference to fernando and they say a cat amongst the pigeons uh they call fernando uh if he gets if he gets up there and qualifying he may be a cat amongst the pigeons and that is just such a a visual british reference uh, I've never heard an American. I love how like relaxed it sounds. And like, even though like technically it does mean that like the cat's going to feast on the pigeon's oh, organs. Yeah. Like it does maul them so it, that they can't fly away. Like just bad, it, bad stuff. But, yeah. But for, for whatever reason, like I, when I hear that, I imagine that like the cat has like a pocket square. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, uh it's it is, very, it is hanging a coat up first before the mauling begins. Right, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> um, there was that one. And then I heard, uh, this was one of those, like, I don't know how he messed this up. Cause it is 
kind of just a driving thing, but it is like a British like short circuit that Martin Brundle had where he was like, uh, what does, what does Ricardo say? He says, uh, lick the stamp and post it. And it's like, no, he says, lick the stamp and send it. It's not, come on, buddy. Come on. You're, you're too British. Your British is getting in the way of your amazing. color commentary. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, I, what did, I caught what did you one. Yeah, yeah. I caught one from Brundle that was uh, I. I picked up on it because it's one that's very familiar to me. Which mm-hmm. we, he was getting up close to. I forget which car it was during the grid walk on the grid. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, uh, you know, cameraman, make sure you get a look down here at all these gubbins. And uh, gubbins gubbins are uh, any array of little bits or pieces or gubbins. or whatnot. And a uh, shout out to my old buddy, uh, uh, Kiko, a British friend of mine who's a designer who you know, uh, we would get into deep discussions making fictional interfaces for movies like uh, Batman v Superman. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and, you know, we'd be pointing at stuff and be like, well, you know, it might look a little more complex if we just put some nonsense or even some greebles, the technical, you know, term <laughs> greebles for adding little details oh. that add scale or complexity. And he was like, Greebles, what is that? Is that like gubbins? <laughs> and we were like, what, what, did what did you just say? I'm just sorry. Gubbins. What was that word? You know, that just gubbins, the little, and we we're like, what does gubbins mean? And he was like, you know, it's like the little tiddly, uh, fiddly bits, you know, uh, and whatnot. And I was, I was just like, all right, yep. They're gubbins. All right, and and gubbins, ever since but, then it's oh. been, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a small circle of colleagues, uh, or, or you know, around me, that <laughs> we still come back to to gubbins as the most oh. delightful of little little twiddly bits. Oh, I love um, it. I love it. Uh, so, what 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 about the stock? What about the stock this week? What do you think? Did it go up? Um, yeah, I think I think the stock went up. I thought this yeah. was a great race. I thought this was yeah. like a really solid, like you know, uh, like we've been um, our taste buds have been desensitized by things like the incredible race that we saw at Silverstone. Yeah, but this was like a solid, like B plus, yeah, maybe even A minus of a of a race. This was, yeah, uh, it was terrific. A lot of great action. We saw we saw the lead change several times. Mm-hmm. We saw strategy come into play. We saw amazing racing. We saw I, I'm still sort of blown away by uh Charles Leclerc's pass on the outside of Russell yeah. that to me was like all balls. Like yeah. it wasn't strategy, it wasn't tires, it wasn't uh it wasn't any of that. It was just he was going after that dude, he was hounding him, and he did the most incredible late breaking and held it and kept on it and yeah. like uh, thought that was very very impressive all for an amazing sixth place sixth place i think he got uh is where yeah. he ended up yeah. at the end of the race sixth yeah. place yeah um, Lord have mercy yeah yeah uh Clowns. shout out shout out to 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 charlie uh charlie leclerc uh he did so well but also God, he would have. I mean, maybe, maybe it was, huh, maybe they had like the mechanics had like makeup running down their face, like clown makeup running, streaming through their uh, eyelashes, and they just thought they were grabbing soft tires, and they grabbed hard tires or something. I, what do you? I don't know. 
I think the clowns were trying to inflate balloon animals, but hadn't quite grasped the mechanics of balloons and were sucking the latex in and then were choking on balloons that were getting caught in their windpipe. Oh. Uh, that was that was my the fun- that was my take from the situation. That that was the only obvious, you yeah, know. Yeah. I can't reason imagine they could be any any other any other reason why. Um yeah. Uh so uh let's say um <sighs> on a scale of pies here. What do we think here? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, um, like the the worst pie being like the lunchroom, like the pumpkin pie that we used to get back in uh, back in in Octay Elementary, like just okay. like the okay. terrible pumpkin pie. We would no offense to the lunch ladies, but like the thing that you would get with the awful whipped cream. Uh, right before we'd go home for Thanksgiving break, remember those pies? Like, was this like an individually packaged? No, it would like, just be like a slab of like, like flavorless nothingness. Yeah, brownish um, orange paste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's to even know what it was? But I, it was it was supposed to be pie. So on a scale of that pie, I like how I think I think it's a recurring trend that the lower end of our scale ends up being elementary school cafeteria <laughs> edible uh, items. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's appropriately so. Um, All right, what's the and and what's the pinnacle of pie? Um, and then the pinnacle of pie is is uh, wow. This is going to be hyper specific, so maybe not like as accessible to everybody else, but I think it will be accessible uh uh to to you um do i think i remember mrs lackritz would make an amazing pie that she would bring over hmm. uh i think there were a couple of times where where there were game nights at your house. maybe it was like a cherry pie um oh, who was it maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't mrs lackritz but i'm thinking of like like a cherry pie with like the lattice uh okay yep and yep, like yep, the, yep. the the slightly crisped like the sugar like little sugar yep. cylinders that were like browned up yep, a little yep, bit yep. who used to do you remember who used to make that pie Ooh, that's tough yeah. uh i it's it, none of it's coming through because when my mind goes to pie it's just my own my own mama's key lime pie Ooh. was always oh yeah Sarah Laporte so tart yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. tart and yep. and and sweet and yep. just whew, that's that, the, that the, is, that's it let's go with that one um so right. yeah so the sloppiest worst lunchroom pie uh on up to uh the most delicious perfect like summer uh summer respite like the hot summer day uh mm-hmm. there's key lime pie waiting for us uh. Uh, on those hot summer days yeah where do you where would you rate the hungarian grand prix i would rate the hungarian grand prix as being like a solid classic warm apple pie scoop and a half of vanilla Mm. ice cream alongside it yes and getting that collision of those two worlds because Corey, the the warm apple pie Mm -hmm. is the driver's own tenacity mm-hmm. and incredible ability to control these ferocious machines. Uh-huh. And the cooling of the ice cream mm-hmm. is the complex strategy that goes into and the engineering that goes into making 
these races unfold. And when those two it. things merge together, it's it's a wondrous uh, effect. And I think that was that was what we saw during this race. Yeah, yeah, truly. There were like moments towards the end of the race where I was like, this is, and I like said it out loud. Uh, and this is just toot my own horn here. I was like, wow, I guess like anyone could kind of, I mean, especially if rain happens because rain happened on the last lap. Uh, I was like, anyone could win this race. Any of the top six cars could win this race. It's anybody's game right now. And I haven't said that about a race in a, ever, like I, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this was, for the casual fan, very entertaining race. For people who've watched this race before, this is bananas. The, if, if you needed any proof that this new formula works, it's, it was this race. This, these cars were designed to see if they could follow each other at the Hungaro ring. That's what like everyone was saying. That's what Russ Braun was saying. That's what all the team principals were saying. Uh, and everyone was like <gasps> holding their breath for this race. And then this race delivered. So uh, as far as scale of pies, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with like diner, like a, like a, a diner pie but like a Mm -hmm. fancy diner, like one of those diners, not like that everybody goes to all the time, but like a a New Jersey diner. You want a New Jersey diner. A New New Jersey diner slice of pie. And that slice of pie is definitely coming a la mode. Like I'm getting some, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm getting some ice cream and I'm going with, I'm going with some, I'm going with a blueberry pie, a slice of blueberry diner pie. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have them heated up a little bit. Because it's it's already cold, so I'm gonna have them heat it up a little bit, and then I'm gonna have them uh, put the ice cream in a separate dish, so that I can take spoonfuls of the mm. ice cream and like shave off little mm-hmm. crescents, and then add that to the spoonful mm. of the pie. That's that's what that's what this race was. It was that like it it allowed me to have the perfect mixture of exactly what I wanted. Yep, minus Every- minus the urgency. Minus the, because it also wasn't like a madcap insane race of like, I can't even follow all the amazing yeah. things that are happening. It was like, a, it was slightly measured. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a good point because when I do have my my vanilla ice cream scoop up against the hot apple pie, there is a little bit of this sense of like, oh God, I got to eat it <laughs> before the this. ice cream completely melts or <laughs> yeah. the apple pie cools down too much or, or everything just turns into, into soup. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was that I like, sense. I like, of, I like where your head is at. Yeah. It was that sense of urgency at the very tail end of the race where it was like, Hey, we got a virtual safety car. We got one car. I think Botas is the only person who retired out of this race too, which yeah. is pretty impressive, especially for that track. There was like, almost certainly going to be a safety car and there never was only a couple of virtual safety cars and they didn't really benefit anybody either way. So that was really helpful. Um, I thought this is a, a well-rounded race. All right. We got the summer break coming up, Johnny. Yeah, I, baby. I think Mercedes is going to come back real strong. I think they're going to come back and they are going to be fighting for pole position, at least at the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, maybe, Maybe even deeper, maybe even deeper into the European circuit. I think that they're a threat, at least for the next five races. I'm optimistic. I don't want to get too overexcited about it. But I'm not saying wins. The, I'm the, saying fighting for pole, the, though. At the very least, 
we have for the first time in a long time at Formula One, three teams Mm -hmm. at the front of the pack as opposed to only one or at best two. Yeah. We've got three teams potentially at the front of the pack for the rest of the season. And if Belgium was the first race of the season, then yeah, the championship could be completely up in the air. Could be, but yeah. But Max is up by like 80 points or something like that. Max, is, yeah, it's, he's almost certainly going to win the championship, which is great. He, this is great. He, he, yeah, I think there's even been mentioned, it may even be like an unusually early awarding of the championship yeah. at this at this rate. And I'll tell you um, what, Max, is he has earned it. This season, he has taken no prisoners. He has just gone for it. He's done it honestly. He's done it not effortlessly, but he's made it seem effortless. Uh, I give him all his kudos, all his flowers in the world, especially if he locks this off earlier than any other champion has in a very long time. Like He's earned this one. Uh, He came out of the gates real strong and didn't balk at anybody else ever. And has kept his head down even in that first lap today, watching him come in and like not get too hungry early on. I was like, that's I want to see Max race like this. This is how I want to watch him race because he doesn't Mm -hmm. have to fight dirty in order to win races. I think when he had a car that wasn't superior to everybody else, he was using every tool available to him. And that included fighting dirty. But he's not having to do that at all this year. Uh, at all to yep. win races, uh, let alone like stay competitive. And he's going to win the championship uh, and he deserves it. I hope he does. That said, God, I can't wait to see Mercedes and Ferrari fighting for that second spot in the constructors championship because that's coming. Yep. And we are also, we saw George and Lewis fighting on track today. They let them race. They let them race. Yeah, that they was... did. They did. Yeah. We didn't even mention that. Awesome. Um, I loved that. Oh, that was nice to see. Yeah. All right. And they did it cleanly too. They did it cleanly. So props to props to them. Exactly. Um, well, Johnny, where can the folks find you out there in the world? Oh, uh, I am. Uh, I'm most active on the Twitter hmm. at Johnny Motion. Uh, this past week, I was a guest on the Engadget podcast, oh, yeah. uh, which was a ton of fun talking about artificial intelligence generated artwork and how these insane systems that uh, I used to a long time ago think like, yeah, artificial intelligence (laughs) will take everybody's jobs eventually, but mine will be the last. It's now turning out that mine will be the first and it's absolutely terrifying, but also kind of exciting (laughs) and pretty cool to see uh, how this stuff is working and doing. So, uh, if you're a geek, uh, dial up the the latest episode of the Engadget podcast, and I've got multiple uh, threads and rants and whatnot on on Twitter as well on the on the topic. Uh, Corey, where can where can the folks find you? Uh, you can catch me at Burn Corey Burn on all the things and sign up for classes of mine uh, at the UCB Theater. Uh, you can jump onto the UCB Comedy website there. And I will also be in Utah at the Wasatch Improv Festival. And that is going to be August 13th. We are performing at 9 p.m. That is going to be in Logan, Utah at the Wasatch Improv Festival. I'll drop uh, some links into the show notes there for that. And yeah, folks, 
you can catch us the next time on the F1 Files, a.k.a. the Ballad of Scuderia Pagliacci.